guys, welcome back to the new Sprint Commando. I'm your host, Ed Moore. Beware there will be spoilers as I'm looking at Red Fox number two from Harrier Comics on sale on or around March of 1986. Now, if you want to send feedback, you can do that by tweeting Teal Productions, Teal as in the color, and or News P Commando. Teal Productions has a page on Facebook. I am Indie Man at gmail.com is the email address. Comicbooknoise.com slash TNC, Tango November Charlie, and just another fanboy, dot freeforums.net. Now, Red Fox number two has a couple stories, and uh, let's see. They are both scripted by Mike Lewis, both penciled by Fox, with uh, additional inks on the first story by Carl Cropley, and both lettered by Melvin James. So the front cover has an image of Red Fox in her red gear, wearing um, gauntlets that are kind of reminiscent of the lingerie arm gauntlets that women will wear sometimes, the lacy, frilly-looking things. That's what they look like. She's holding a sword that is engulfed in flame, long thigh boots with jewels on them, a jeweled um, belt, and then kind of an ascot looking thing that is red like her outfit, like her boots, but not a chainmail bikini like she is wearing in the story itself. Inside front cover is the letters page with the cover to Red Fox 3 in the middle here. Several letters, um, being that it's a UK company, I don't recognize really any of these names, if any of them are notorious letter hacks or go on to become creators in the UK scene. I, I don't have the knowledge to, to know that. In this first story, we're dealing with Red Fox, of course. The wizard uh, Astak, or Astaque, E-S-T-A-Q-U-E, Astak, I'll go with, of Gatea and Ishathagulu a demon that is conjured. So Red Fox is here and she has decided rather than being a barbarian, she's going to stick with the uh, wizard Aztec and become a wizard, wizardess, I guess, or a wizard, whatever they would be called. So she's learning magic. Uh, she's here in a laboratory looking over some ingredients, red this and green that and tongue of this and hair of that. Although one of the things um, that she does have says aardvark fur. So I wonder if that's an Easter egg for uh, Cerebus. So they, she and the wizard uh, start to ca cast their, their trade, I guess, uh, to apply their trade here. And there's a, looks like a sheep in the middle of a pentacle, pentagram, and they are directing their magic at that, and that is an offering to a creature that is summoned, but in summoning, it severely weakens both of our uh, wizardry people. Um, neither can really perform much wizardry. Red Fox attempts to do something, but she is thrown across the room by some tendrils. The wizard tells her, rather than throwing furniture and whatnot at it because this creature absorbs uh, material plane things and uses it as energy to summon her magical sword while he attempts to use what magic is left to him to um, keep the creature off of them. But really, it, it doesn't work too well, and the creature soon has 
tendrilled him to the ground, the wizard. But Red Fox does approach with her magic sword and slicing tendril here and slicing tendril there. She finally gets grasped by the creature and I guess he's bringing her in to eat her. And in the midst of that, she trashes him with her magic sword, which magic, the wizard told her, was the only way to defeat the creature, but they didn't have the wizardry magics to do it uh, with that, so she had to use the sword. After this little escapade, she realizes that neither the wizard, perhaps, or magics, perhaps, are really what she's looking for, so she just heads out of the castle and, and takes off. Now, that story is entitled Tower of the Sorcerer Part 2. The next story, A Night on the Town, Targa, the main city of the Targan city-state, a large sprawling development which holds much of life and human conditions, uh, the narrator tells us. Now, just off the top of my head, I thought a city-state was a city-state, and it wasn't multiple cities within it. So I'm a little confused by Targa being the main city of a city-state by the same name. So, I don't know. If you have money in Targa, there are few worries. If you haven't, there are few joys. The lower areas of town are avoided by right-thinking men after sundown, and even the watch seldom ventures into the dark and narrow streets. Their kind is disliked here. All in all, lower Targa is unpleasant. It certainly is no place for a woman. And, of course, this is where Red Fox finds herself. So she is wandering through this part of town, and we see that she is uh, waylaid, let's say, by a couple gentlemen. One's name is Akabar, and the other's Lopez. Akabar is a giant of a man. Lopez is the brain, I guess, to Akabar's brawn. Lopez tells her, We offer you some protection from the dangerous streets in the area, in return for which you give us some money and perhaps a few uh, favors. If you don't wish to avail yourself of this service, then Akabar here, uh, next panel, will have to rearrange your limbs. She says, Glub, um, I'll turn turn you down on this one. And then she thinks, Sword, and poof, it's there in her hand. She makes small uh, game of Akabar, then turns to Lopez, and he runs. So she runs after him and finds that he has been waylaid by a larger, thicker female than Red Fox, and they have a little bit of uh, entertaining conversation. Is this one yours? Uh, yeah, I suppose so. I don't really want him, though. And the other lady says, well, I, I might keep him then. I'm looking for some entertainment, but he is a bit small for me. Uh, by the way, I'm known as Lissa, I think, L-Y-S-S-A, Lissa the Axe, slayer of men, vanquisher of cities, mercenary extraordinaire, and I turn out a mean curry, too, but I'm ching. Or I think that's a place for a but um ching But so now I do notice that the artwork in this uh, and the inking in this kind of varies a bit from page to page. The inking is much darker on some pages and much lighter on other pages. Um, this has been reprinted, but I'm actually looking at these from original copies. So. Uh, if that is the way that it was, you know, originally inked, I I'm not sure I can explain why it goes back and forth like that. So Lissa throws Lopez away, and uh, the two girls then proceed to find a quieter place. They end up at Mortimer's Tavern. So they're uh, having a, a quiet lunch there, quiet dinner, quiet drinks, just, you know, chilling, I guess, drinks. They are drinking Dragon's Blood. 
which is Amaron Cider. Lissa is used to it, but Red Fox is not. It's fizzy and going to her head. She gets a little buzzed, gets up, and decides she's going to get the next round because I guess Lissa's been paying. So she gets up and goes to the bar, and because she's dressed in a chainmail bikini still with a pretty widespread doublet here, it's not held really tight across her chest, so there's much flesh showing. She goes to the bar, and uh, we see, I believe, who will turn out to be Thundar the Barbarian, and Grimjack, uh, both sitting here at the bar waiting for her. She gets around them, but is waylaid by a third dude that says, Hey, you and me, babe, how about... She says, I'm not interested in rather icy tones. Come on, you barbarians are all the same. Always waiting to... She gives him an elbow and then a back fist. Places the order, and as she leaves with the order, she walks atop him and says, Thanks. On the way back to the table, a couple more dudes stop her. She looks at the table to say, well, she's with, but there's nobody there. So she starts a bar fight with these two dudes, and no sooner does she do that, that Lissa jumps in as well. So Lissa, I don't know, maybe had just sidestepped to ambush these two guys, knowing that there was going to be trouble. After getting done with these two, another guy jumps up who, who looks like somebody, but I'm not sure that I can actually place him. He's got a big top knot, um, gauntlet, big metal gauntlet on the forearm of his right hand, but he's got this tattoo on his chest that looks like it could be a dragon. So I don't know if that is supposed to be, is it Danny Rand Iron Fist that has the um, burnt, scarred image of the dragon on his chest? Is that right? Or, or some somebody with the top knot and a big tattoo on their chest or, or something resembling a tattoo. Uh, I can't bring to mind who that's supposed to be, but this is the, another individual that they thump, smack, talk, wee, and splat through. The girls are done, uh, but the rest of the place decides it's going to have a big ballyhoo here caused by the girls. Uh, we have a reference to a mumbly here, so it makes me wonder if uh, the Dread Baron is in attendance here, uh, as well as Thundar and Grimjack, who we did see. So they fight, 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 and then their final opponent is a dude who could have blonde hair and could have a striped shirt on. Puts me in mind with a big belt buckle. Puts me in mind, for some reason, of an Aquaman outfit that I remember seeing with the stripes. But I don't know if that's right. But with a thock, he's handled. Uh, Lissa the Axe is done. Uh, she picks up, basically, Red Fox, who says she used to be a barmaid and knows to just, you know, sit aside, sit aside while these fights go on. So they leave the bar, and we still see by sound effects that a fight is going on. The barkeep is kind of glad that these two girls are finally stepping out after having started all this. As soon as they get outside, a coachman comes up and asks if they need a job that his mistress is looking for a couple bodyguards, and he slips them 50 dukes to show up at an address in the morning. The two girls, Red Fox and Lissa, take the dukes and head off for some more drinking and what have you deciding that in the morning they'll go to this address and see what the deal is. Meanwhile, Red Fox decides that she wants to go to an inn that accepts chainmail bikinis. Uh, yeah, I don't... And leave enough... What a good idea. So Dukes will buy a large amount of alcohol, Red Fox says, and leave enough for a bed for the night, says Lissa. One thing, Lissa. Yes, Red. Red. 
a red Sonia illusion, I guess. Let's pick an end that accepts chainmail bikinis. Uh, yeah, I don't know why and what. Yeah, I don't. I don't get that. Anyways, I'm kind of dense. Uh, inside back cover, a Titan Distributors Limited ad. All the different geeky things that you can get and places that Titan distributes to in England. In England, is is that appropriate or or the UK? Um, the United Kingdom. Maybe these are all UK um, addresses. And on the back cover, she's back with a vengeance, Miss Tree, by Max Collins and Terry Beatty. Available again in England, distributed by Titan, but from Renegade Press of North Hollywood, California. I've always wanted to read Mystery. I haven't. Uh, I guess maybe that's kind of damaging my geek cred a little bit. I will at some point. Uh, maybe I will for the show. It's a little, little later on than normally what I look at. I mean, this 85, 86, though. So maybe I will. I'm not sure what I'm going to do exactly. Alrighty. So that... Quickly, I guess looking at here, uh, 15 minutes, finishes up Red Fox number two. I guess it went by pretty quickly because there was a lot of fighty-fighty. I mean, you can't really describe that necessarily depending on how they panel it. You know, it's a punch in a flying person and sound effects and, you know, all these different things. I know when I talked about Samurai, I was able to describe the fighting quite a bit. Uh, this one, I think a lot of the fighting happened off-panel with just word balloons telling us the noises and sounds and things. It's kind of cool seeing uh, Grimjack sitting here at the bar when she goes up to the bar. That's these um, independent books giving a nod back and forth. I kind of I kind of dig that. That's pretty cool. I guess that's all, guys. Um, Ishathagulu, did I, I mention that? That was the demon that she summoned in the first story. Kind of reminded me of the demon in, uh, or the alien in Tick that is going around eating everything, the animated tick in particular. And I apologize, there's so many other things when I come off the cuff with it and don't write it down beforehand, I, I neglect the name of it. It's not coming to me. But that's that's who this demon kind of looks like, is that demon from the tick animated series. All right. I don't want to stretch it out needlessly. That's all I've got. I'll talk to you next time. Looks like what's up is the first issue of Star Slayer. Kind of jacked about getting into that guy so we'll talk to you about that next time ciao